fueled by the outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Does this, does this sound good? <laughs> I can see where it's going up, so yeah, it sounds fine. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Rick Cates. Uh, I am Sans Christabel Leopard again tonight. Um, <laughs> guess what he's doing? Is he deer hunting tonight? He did. He, uh, <laughs> he sat in a in a rickety shack because it was raining. It's like he found this dilapidated building in the woods. I, don't, I think it was actually a family member's property, but okay, it wasn't like a meth shed, was it? That's <laughs> what it looked like. Oh goodness. So uh, that that uh, voice you hear is Josh Luck, the one and only. The one and only, more uh, like the nine or ten time. Yeah, only. you're you're. We're just we're just gonna make you a, like <laughs> the third host of this thing, because I mean, it, it, you you've been on most of them at I, this point. I am now a staple. Mm. Oh, cheers. Oh, yep. Cheers. So. Josh is drinking fake whisk fake. Uh, it's not fake whiskey. It is whiskey. And, it's, a, uh, it's a crown and Sprite. It's a crown and Sprite. And I am drinking uh, Sazerac Rye. That's right. A real man's drink. A real man's drink. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the reason you're on here tonight, though, uh, is you can probably hear dogs dropping bones on my floor upstairs. <laughs> we are down in my dungeon of a basement. Uh, not really. It's not dark and dingy. It's just unfinished. But um, recently we released your hunt your yes. your ohio buck hunt so yes. josh is like the only guy that we know that's actually killing deer well, well spencer put one down too. spencer put a nice one yes. down yes Spen- let that. me rephrase that the only person in the ohio kentucky <laughs> indiana area that we can has <laughs> killed a deer um that is accurate yes yes uh there, there's some nice ones dropping these past few days though i've, I've seen a couple guys and and Elena, who's been on the podcast too, uh, oh, put yeah. down a put down a pretty nice real deer nice yesterday. Deer. Yeah, had so. a real real unique rack on it. High, it was like high and tight. Yeah, and it had um, I can't. It had like right brow tine, I think. Mm-hmm. It had like three different points coming off. It was it was neat looking. Yeah, it's it's a pretty unique deer. Hopefully, we can have her on and have her discuss the hunt like she did last year. I know we had her on uh, COVID stuff, but maybe we can try to do one in. Uh, like in person this year, because yeah, we're yeah. trying to do these more in person, but it's almost the end of the year. So, uh, happy Veterans Day to any veterans out there. Thank you for your sacrifice. We're recording that today uh, on the, on Veterans Day. But, Thank uh, you but, for your service. Yeah. By the time you hear this, it'll be long past that, and we'll be on our way to Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. So, we need to talk about your deer. Because yes, it, 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 it is not just a... Uh, you saw the buck, you see the buck, you shoot the buck. Um, it was, you know, like Odysseus's journey <laughs> across the across the ocean to get back to uh, his homeland. You know, it's a, uh, you know, last week I gave my story that I titled "Gut Punch" um, mm-hmm. because not because I gut punched the deer, but because it felt like a gut punch. To shoot an animal, not recover it, uh, felt completely disgusted with myself. Just could I, my brother and I canvassed that area, and you had shot your deer the day prior to me shooting that deer. Yes, yep. And 
it was <clears throat> during the monsoon season of Ohio. Uh, side note, the fun fact, uh, weather fact for the day is today marks 11 days without rain up until the time that it rained today. Really? And it was pre- yeah, and it was preceded by four straight days of rain. Yeah, we had a lot of rain before that. Yeah, so it, it, it's kind of, uh, to me, that's kind of an anomaly uh, in October, at least. Uh, or, I mean, going into November. Normally, you see that mid-October, but you don't necessarily see it, like, yeah, into like, November. Yeah, you see it kind of taper off towards the end there. Yeah, but, so, we should probably start with the backstory on this deer. And why you named the deer Charlie, why and how uh, this is all kind of uh, came about. Mm-hmm. You know, this, you've been busting your ass all season or pre, pre-season and uh, earlier in the year to get your property in order to be able to hunt this buck, uh, just bucks in general. And this guy decided to show up, so... I guess, like, walk through a little bit about what you started out with, what time of year you started, and, you know, kind of up until the point where you're like, okay, I'm going to hunt that buck. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and break it down. Um, So the property, it's actually my father's property. For anyone that's watched my 2020 Ohio buck hunt on our YouTube channel. That's right, you hunted that one there, too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the same property I killed that deer on. Um, This is... I guess the third deer season that my father's owned this property. Um, so after the 2020 season, going into the 2021 season, starting, I usually start the the next year's prep in right after the other season ends, so like January or February. So if I if I need to trim any lanes, hang stands, if if I'm even doing permanent stands there, then I then I tend to do all that in. February and March, which is a lot earlier than most. Uh, like that stand I shot my 2020 buck yeah. out of in February, I went back and trimmed a couple branches. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm not having to shimmy shake up and down trying to shoot a deer out of this tree again. Man, uh, <laughs> geez, oh, Pete. There, there's nothing worse. There's there's nothing nothing worse than that. And to, to that effect, the property that I hunt, um, near me, I was sitting in the stand the other day and I'm looking and normally I've got like a, a 25 yard shot directly across this Creek bottom. And I started looking and I'm like, damn it. I gotta go. I'm like, I have to go over there and cut branches down. Like there's branches in the way. <laughs> and you don't ever think about that. Yeah. Like stuff just changes in the woods. Oh yeah. It's always like one branch too. Just one small, stupid branch. And it would be right in the vital area of the deer. <laughs> it's always right in the vital area of the deer. Every time. So anyway, so uh, my prep started, you know, pretty early on. And on that property, it's a small parcel. Um, everyone's definition of small parcel is, is different, but that is uh, 20 acres. But the part I mainly hunt, it's, it's probably like, I don't know, the... I really hunt like only the back five acres of it um, just because of the train features and, and it's got more of the thicker cover over there. Um, but on this piece, we'll, I'll, I'll stick mineral out in, in, by March. I usually like to have it out mainly just to, it's for inventory. Um, none of the bucks live there. They live on neighboring properties. 
Um, but they usually, you know, come to the mineral wicks in the summer and I can at least get an idea of what's in the area. Um, so I do it for inventory and for the does that are growing the fawns, lactating does to help with some nutrition there. Um, but anyway, so in the summer, I actually wasn't seeing that much. And then I want to say in July, this buck showed up. Uh, and I sent a picture of this buck in, in one of our, our message threads. Real wide, mainframe 10. Um, obviously, his rack wasn't fully developed, but I could tell he was, um, I mean, he had a big body on him. He definitely looked mature. Um, and I could tell he had some junk going on around his right base. And I'm like, yes, finally, a deer that's showing up that's a shooter. Um, he didn't show up often, so I, I knew he probably lived um, down the road next to some crop fields. Um, probably a mile and a mile and a half away or so. Um, but he didn't show up often throughout the summer. He kind of showed up a few times in July. Um, towards the end of July, I could really start making out all the junk that was going on around his right base. And he had this unicorn point coming out almost like of his forehead. And, uh, for anyone that's ever seen Charlie, the unicorn, um, kind of understands the reference of, you know, candy mountain, Charlie, candy mountain, yeah. Charlie. <laughs> that was, that was the first thing that popped in my head. So I named him Charlie and, uh, in the summer he, he ended up being my, my number one on my hit list. Actually, really my only one at that point. Um, but he last showed up on August 3rd. That was the last time I had seen him, and and we hadn't seen him since. Uh, there, I don't worry about it too much, because I know in the summer they don't live there. In the fall... They're pretty transient. Yeah. Um, this would make the third year in a row, like, almost to a dot. Once October comes around, we'll start getting new bucks come in, and then they travel there often. Um, the property sets up as just kind of a natural funnel in between two uh, much larger woodlots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't too worried about it, uh, but he was the only one that I'd really seen that I wanted to shoot until um, probably late, uh, let's see, October 23rd. Finally had another mature deer on, no, 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 I take that back. There's a there's an old old I want to say six and a half plus six pointer I had on camera last year. Up until probably towards the end of November this mm -hmm. year, he made a nighttime appearance, um, mid October. So I knew he was around there. Uh, definitely one I would shoot. Uh, and then I I tend to stay out of the property. I don't I will not hunt there until like the end of October. Not, neither does my father. Um, so if there's any pressure, it's going to come from the neighboring properties. Which um, is this then going to push the deer onto your property? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thought at least. Um, I hunted there the evening of October 22nd because mm -hmm. we had that cold front come yep. through. Um, no, no shooter bucks. I saw some some does. No, no, no. I lied. Sorry. It was the morning of October 23rd. Okay. I had a small buck come through, saw some does. I actually sat in the same tree that I shot my 2020 Ohio buck out of. I, I rehung my mobile setup mm -hmm. in that stand or in that tree like the day before. Um, but I didn't see anything that morning, and I didn't really want to put too much pressure on it with it being, in my opinion, early there. Right. So I hunted another property that evening, and then lo and behold, another nice big mature 10 showed up in eight yard or 11 yards in front of that stand. Jeez. I know it was 11 yards because I have a mock scrape in front of that stand. Okay. 
at 11 yards. <laughs> <laughs> in daylight, too. I was like, oh, my goodness. So, anyway, so that one kind of – he kind of rose to my number one spot real quick. Mm-hmm. And then Charlie came back, made another appearance on the 26th. It was the evening of the 26th, and I actually think it was – I think it was daylight. Um, okay. Uh, which that was – what day was that? Was that like a Wednesday, Tuesday, or Wednesday? Twenty six was a Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Because that's when I I I, uh, I drove to Deer Camp that day. That's right. That's right. So he made an appearance finally. So I didn't see him from August third, and he popped back up on October twenty sixth. So I knew he was coming back in the area. Mm-hmm. The next opportunity I had to hunt was the twenty eighth. So I went back in on the twenty eighth. Now we'll preface we we do have. In Ohio, it is illegal to bait. We do have corn on this property, but I don't buck hunt over the corn. Right. I've hunted that. I mean, that's how I kind of grew up hunting, um, just learning from my father. Uh, but I've never seen a deer four and a half or older just come to a corn pile in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. If anything, they'll scent check it downwind and then just kind of keep an eye on the does, especially around late October, November, which is why it's there. It's just to keep does on our property. Right. Because, again, it's a small property, and they tend to bet on the other ones. Um, so, east? Yeah, it was an east, east wind, wind. Day. I think we had a wind switch. It was due east. Yes, it was due east. It so, was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was good for me. Well, yeah, it was good for you. <laughs> so, I sat in the sand that or the wind dictated I sat. So, I um that... That morning, it was a pretty eventful morning, saw a little eight-pointer come through, had multiple does, and like a button buck come through, and then I didn't see anything for like an hour. I can't remember if it was, it was around 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. and I did like an interview, I was like, ah, oh, maybe I'll, I'll sit 11, 11.30, and then I'll get down, because we had rain coming in that afternoon. Yeah. Um, so it got to be pretty close to 11, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll kind of do my closing interview, and then probably get down. Did my closing interview and um, sat there for a little bit, just piddling around on the phone. And uh, lo and behold, it was 11 o'clock. I get a notification from a camera that's down the property. And um, I saw there was a buck on there. I'm like, oh, this is like 90 yards away. I was going to say, how far is this away from Yeah, it's roughly 90 yards. Um, So it's not like... I mean, the buck could come to me, but it's not like it's going to. And he, he came wind to back, which is really weird. Uh, but he went directly to... The wind that. was coming over his back? Yeah. So, like, I think we've talked about this before. Like, deer will do that because then they can see everything in front of them. Mm-hmm. Especially if you got an open wooded area. Yeah. Uh, where they'll scent check, like, they'll have the wind blowing over them so they can scent check whatever's behind them. Um and it it's that that has become an invaluable thing for me this year. Yes. In, in in like learning that because deer will come in with the wind at their back and you don't ever think that they will. They do. They do often more often than mm-hmm. you think. I, it might have been due to the wind switch. He came from a thick area and where that stand is over on that side of the property and that camera is, it's like the transition right off of some thick cover. Mm-hmm. There's like a hard line where that trail is and that mar- mock scrape is. But he he went to that scrape and he worked it, and I was like, just in my head, I I didn't see what deer it was. I couldn't tell what it was, but I knew mm-hmm. it was a deer I wanted to shoot. I'm like, oh, it looks like a nice deer. And in my head, I'm like, please work this way, 
please just come come over here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm sitting there waiting, and then I saw him pop out um, coming down this trail, mm-hmm. this UTV trail that's over there. And I was like, oh, there he is. And he, he, he turned and started heading towards me. I'm like, oh, I'm like, this might actually happen. And um, he's, he comes over and never seen this before. I think he was just checking out for does because he knew does were in the area. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he only showed up like a day and a half prior to this. Um, that was the only other time I had him on a camera over there was on the 26th. So he, he come literally just right towards the corn, and I was I couldn't believe it. I thought for <laughs> sure he was going to cut in front and mm-hmm. like go downwind of it or cut on this other trail. Um, but strategically, I have that stand set up um, where it is. There's a couple trees on my left side mm-hmm. and some thicker cover. So if anything comes to my left, I can draw. And have a pretty good sized tree cover up any movement. Okay. And then I can wait till they pop out, which is which is what he did. Um, so I drew without him even noticing. He came by, gave me a, a shot, nineteen yards, and then I let the arrow fly. So <clears throat> he's standing there, you let the arrow fly, and it hits him. Oh yeah. It 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 it, it hits him. And I th- I thought I didn't hit him at first. Yeah, so th- that that that's kind of like the thing. So, I, I I do I do want you I do want to like tell everybody this. If you're listening to this podcast now, hit pause, go to our video on Fueled by the Outdoors and watch this hunt, and then watch watch like the deer's reaction. Yeah. Um, and then pause it and then come back because we're going to discuss it now. <laughs> so you hit this deer. And like it takes off, yeah. It, but it did like a couple bounds, maybe went fifteen yards from where I shot it. Yeah, and then it just stopped. Stopped. Yeah, it looked around, acted like nothing had happened, and then he just slow walks away, back into thick cover. Yeah, and like when you see the shot, it looks perfect. Like it, it like it does not look like there's anything wrong with it. It looks like, like you you hit the lungs, and you know possibly heart, and but there's no mule kick. It doesn't hunch its back. It doesn't duck. It. I mean, it looks like you just like pop the deer, just like you you should, like textbook. Yeah, I was I was thoroughly confused because I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm watching the deer's body language. And it's just sitting there looking. The tail's not flickering real fast. He's not hunched. And he just slow walks away. And I'm, like, trying to look at the ground for my arrow. And I was – if you, you, you'll you see it in the video. If you watch the video, I have, like, a bewildered look on my face. Like, what in the world just happened? Because I, I thought I screwed it up. I was like, man, I was like – I got too excited. I rushed my shot or, or went to look at the deer too quick right after I hit the trigger on my release. I was like, oh, my God, what did I do? And uh, I went back and watched the footage, and I hit the deer where, mm-hmm. where I was aiming. Um, what had happened was, so I, when I rewatched the footage, his front half was just quartered enough towards me. Just quartered two. Just quartered two. Not much. And he was kind of hunched down, like sniffing where the corn was. That right there was enough to throw off my angle 
when when I went back and reviewed the fo- reviewed the footage, <clears throat> it looked like one lung liver. Yep. Just the way he was angled. But still, I never I the my Texas deer I shot last year, it was one lung liver. But even that deer went 70 yards and bedded right down. Right. Um so I was still pretty confused. But when I watched uh watched the footage, I figured out what deer it was because I saw you I saw, saw the Charlie, unicorn yeah. point. I was like, "Oh my god, it's Charlie. That was that was the one I really wanted." Um so I was real pumped and I like you know, messaged all you guys. Yeah. You guys were congratulating me. And um so like I said earlier, we had rain moving in. Um it was kind of tapering off till later in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. It looked like there was a chance early afternoon, um, but it looked like it kept getting pushed more towards like five o'clock. And again, I shot this deer around, I think it was 11, 11. four. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to let him lay because I didn't see him go down. I'll come back later with help. Um, and then we'll track the deer. So I went up to the house, um, got lunch. So I was sitting there kind of waiting around. I was like, and then the rain and the forecast was like somewhere between three and five. It might start. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll give myself like 45 minutes or so before it starts. And then I'll, I'll pick up the blood trail so I don't lose it and have a general line of direction uh, before the rain comes in. Well, the rain came, came early. It came early, it came fast. So I'm sitting in the house. And I just see it come down. I'm like, oh, my God. So I get all my rain gear on. I go back out there. And from where I last saw the deer in this thicket, I went maybe 30, 40 yards following some blood. And then it was getting washed away. And I could tell it was kind of heading towards the neighbors. Um, So I was like, I'm just going to stop here, back out. I was like, I'll wait till we get some help because it's just going to rain more and I won't be able to see any blood. And um, we'll get a dog if need be. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Just because I, I the rain the rain was gonna wash the blood away anyway, so that's what we did. Uh, Chris came over, we got a dog out, and uh, we went to go start tracking again. And then it, the rain the rain had stopped for a little bit, mm-hmm. but then right when we were getting ready to go pick up the track job, it it started back up. Um, and the dog, it's a pretty decent dog. It's yeah. never left one out there that was. That was dead. Um, but it, it went off on a track. And, and before all this, I did talk to all the neighbors around there and get permission to go on their properties to look. That's important if you're going to look. say, which is awesome of your neighbors, because yeah. some people would just say, nah, I don't want you trouncing around, especially like if they're planning on hunting any of the time, too. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of those people hunt around there, so I was like, I I need to ask those people. Yeah. So I did, and they they were gracious enough, gave me permission to go look. So I was like, cool. We were all squared away there. So the dog goes off on one track, and it goes pretty far. Mm-hmm. And then um, the dog handler was like, you know, she's kind of acting a little funny. I don't think she's really on the deer. Let's go reset her. So I went to reset her. Mm-hmm. Then she went in a different direction. And I actually think the second direction she went was probably the closest to the actual direction. Yeah. Um, but we started going to this really thick stuff and then she, um, kind of was a little bit more erratic than mm-hmm. what the dog handler wanted to see. He's like, I don't know if she's on it. Let's restart her. So we start, restarted again. And this time she was just in search mode. She went off in a different direction. 
So he asked me what we're going to do. I was like, ah, let's just call it because it kept raining. I was like, let's just call it for now. We'll wait till there's daylight and then then go look. Right. Um, so at that point, I kind of knew. I was pretty bummed. I was like, oh, a dog. I'll find it. No problem. No, that did not happen. Um, and to be fair, like, it's completely, I mean, there was, like, downpour periods, like, while this Yeah, there were some on. periods that were pretty, pretty heavy. So it wasn't the dog's fault at all. So we called it, and uh, I went back out the next morning. Which was Friday. Yeah, that would have been Friday point, morning. Uh, Cameron Connor came out. He's also on the page, on the film team. He came out to help. Um, at that point, we knew we were grid searching. So we kind of figured, let's hit all the easy or, or places that we know deer will go when they're hurt. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're like liver or gut. If they become septic, they usually like to go towards water. Yep. So we're like, we'll hit all the creeks and all the drainage ditches, and we'll see what we turn up with. Um, so I talked to some other trackers who said if we ha- happened to have bumped him, Thursday night when we went out, he probably went between that four and five hundred yard mm-hmm. mark and died. Um, so we, we kind of had a general area of how far we needed to go out. So Cameron and I went down this one creek. He went. He stayed in the creek. I was kind of up on this little ridge embankment, I don't know, maybe fifty yards away. We went down probably five hundred yards. It was super thick back there. Once you got out of the creek, like ridiculously thick. Um, so we decided to go back in the creek and back up because there were other creeks on other neighbors that were easier to, to get to. Mm-hmm. A lot of times wounded deer, a lot of people say they'll take the path of least resistance. Yeah. So we're like, okay, let's, let's check these other ones. At that point, my buddy Christian came over to help. Um, so we went down all these other creeks and, and drainage ditches all on the other properties. Nothing. Uh, so at this point, it's it's probably like two or so, um, and it had, it had rained again while we were out there looking. Yep. Yeah, so more rain. So that was fun being wet. <laughs> so we went up to the house, got lunch. Everyone else had to leave. So I went back out by myself um, and covered another five more miles grid searching Jeez in some areas. So no Just deer. back and forth, back and forth, yeah. back and forth. And there, there's a lot of thick cover. So in some places, I had to be almost up on the deer before I probably would have saw it. So yeah. it was it was pretty meticulous. So that after that day, I was I was had that gut punch feeling, mm-hmm. right? Well, I had it that Thursday night too. But I mean, but on Friday, like after you spent basically two whole days searching for this deer at this point, like it's looking bleak. Yeah, I was like, oh man, I. I knew that deer was dead. Everyone else yep. knew the deer was dead. I yep. had talked to multiple trackers. They're like, that deer's dead. I'm like, I need to find this deer. So I go third day, which would be Saturday. Mm-hmm. We had a break in the rain, which was good. And then it warmed up some, and some of the cloud cover was dispersing. So in my head, I'm like, cool. If There's a lot of coyotes in there, so I figured coyotes had probably already got to the deer. I was like, if it warms up. The buzzard should be out. It's going to start stinking. Yeah, it'll start stinking, developing that bacteria. It should attract some buzzards. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, please, 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 just let me look up and see a bunch of buzzards somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
on Saturday, my my father was off. He helped me look. Uh, we were checking some of these other ridge systems on on the neighbors, and we get to an open area, and I happen to look over, and I saw like five or six buzzards over on one of the other neighbors. I'm like, ooh, that's that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I saw it, I called that neighbor because uh, he he knew I was looking for the deer, and I was like, hey, I was like, I see some buzz- buzzards. Look like they're over your property. Do you mind if we go over there? He's like, yeah, no problem. He's like, I'll come back and help you. I was like, cool. So we we go. It, if you're using buzzards to help find your deer, it'll take them a while to kind of actually locate it, locate it, and find it. Like they'll they'll kind of fly all around. Right. So we thought we went in the general direction of where the deer was. It wasn't. We lost the buzzards. So we went up to this open field and just stood there for a while. Probably half hour, 45 minutes, we were standing there just mm-hmm. watching and waiting. It was pretty neat because we saw a group kind of congregate um, on this one property. And then I happened to look back behind us and I could see like a group of 10 in the distance. And they were just gradually working their way towards us. It was it was pretty neat because huh. I, I saw them gradually working the way and then they flew over us and headed towards the other one. So I'm like, okay, the deer's got to be over there. Um, so we went over there. And it's nasty thick, a bunch of briar thickets. Like you can hardly walk through it. I mean, and it's it's not like it's knee high stuff. No, either. no, this like is like head high, head stuff. high stuff. Yeah. And I had walked through some of it Friday, and we we start going to an area. We went down this ditch. It was pretty steep, and came back up. And on the top of it, where one of the neighbors' property lines were, there was like an old bob wire fence. Mm-hmm. I stopped there on Friday because I'm like, "There's no way a wounded deer went down this ditch, then up, and then jumped over this bob wire fence." So I stopped there mm-hmm. on Friday. Well, we crossed over because that's where all the buzzards were. Right. And uh, I ended up finding my deer probably 60 yards from where I stopped. Oh my gosh! It um, it was pretty thick. And I, there ended up being an opening. I, I I saw some buzzards roosting. I'm like, man, we're gotta be getting real close. And then I walked up and I I found him. Nice. I was I was pretty stoked. So this is now how many hours? It was fifty hours after the shot. And how many miles walked? Fifteen miles. So fifty hours, fifteen miles later. Yes. You find Charlie. Yep. You find you find this deer. It is buried in a thicket. And again, <laughs> like if you haven't already, hit play and go watch the end of this hunt because. This is not a place that you think that you're going to find a deer that's like wants to go die. Um, it is not the path of least resistance. It is no. not. Uh, I mean, there there was a little game trail, but no like wide discernible ones. Um, and he if you found him dead under a log, right? Like he. Well, like, yeah, the log mm-hmm. was like there was a few feet under it. Yeah. Like his left side of the rack was like buried in the ground. I was I don't know if he like really crashed into it or what. Um, the only thing I can think of, so like I said earlier, that dog. I think the second track the dog was on was pretty close to the right track. Right. Because that deer, there's only two things I can think of. One, and actually did die over there, and just took a long time. Mm-hmm. But in order for that deer to get to where it did. I don't think it walked where I did. I I think it would have made a, a big loop because I 
had some of the areas I walked, there was a down part of that barbed wire fence, mm-hmm. uh, which we I f- we had found on um, Saturday. Saturday when the when the neighbor came to help us because he he obviously knew his property, and him and his other neighbor, the guy next to him, talk a lot. And he's like, "Oh yeah, there's a down fence here," and so we went there. I mean, it's still thick, but that. Mm-hmm. That deer could have looped all the way around and died where it was. That would have been like five or six hundred yards. That total total track. Though. Yeah. Um, I think one of the likely things was he got bumped by a coyote at some yep. point. Like, bet it, I don't because I don't think he went that far, and then because usually they'll go like a hundred yards and bed. Right. If they're hit like that, not three hundred and six yards is is as a crow's fly from where I shot it. Um. So I, I'm thinking he got bumped by a coyote, and he and then ran running. back the exact opposite way. Yeah, which is nuts, really, when you think about it, because it it go, it goes to show like how tough these animals are. Like it, it's you punch one in the liver, and you think like you think if like a human gets shot in the liver or something like that, like it'd be dead within you know for internal bleeding and all that kind of stuff. Not them. Like they're mm-hmm. like they want to stay alive so damn badly that they will keep going and they'll keep going and they'll keep going. Um, I shot a buck last year, um, and I was in a stand. It was quartered two. I wasn't paying attention. I shot. I got one lung liver and exited, and its guts were hanging out the back. One lung liver and guts. And that guy ran and ran and like bedded in a field and got up and moved again and bedded down. Um, luckily, it was during Kentucky's gun season, uh, and I went and grabbed my thirty out six. Oh, I remember. I and remember I shot story. it. Yeah. And then it got up and ran again. <laughs> like I shot directly through the lungs. Can see the air coming out of the out of the deer, and it is still running. And finally, like I put another bullet in and it died. But goodness, do they like not want to go down? Mm-hmm. So I think that this speaks also to a sense that a lot of us talk about, where like the the meat on this thing was completely ruined. Yeah, Com- unfortunately, which I really really hate wasting meat off of a deer I take. It's but it really bugged me. I, I feel like, so here here's the way that I kind of look at it, at least from this standpoint, is the meat may be ruined, but, like, you did the right thing because you very could have easily said, buck's gone, not going to find it, going to yeah. go shoot another. And then there's two dead bucks instead of one dead buck. And, like, it... You know, while while it's nice to have all that meat, I think the ethical thing to do is to search until you find that deer, um, if if you can. Like I know with mine, we searched and it was on a neighboring property, and I was I did not have permission to get on there, which sucks. Like it yeah. just it just flat out sucks. But there's stories. I want to say it's in um, Beyond Fair Chase where they talk about like a guy who shoots an elk and then does not go and hunt elk. He spends the rest of his season looking for that elk, and he finally finds it like months later and tags it. Like that—that's his thing to do. So I think you did the right thing, and uh, you know personally, I commend you because I—I I 
you know, it's tough making a shot like that. It's even tougher gutting it out for three days to go find it. And most guys wouldn't do that. Like, they just wouldn't. Like, I can think of plenty of guys, and this is no offense to any of you who are out hunting this weekend, but I can think of plenty of guys who are going to shoot deer this weekend from out of state, and they're going to say, well, can't find it, don't know the terrain, and then they're going to leave the animal lying. They're going to go hunt. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think with what you did, if more people did that, you know, a, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people would have a better outlook on some things. Well, thank you for the kind words. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it, I knew that deer was dead somewhere. And I was like, I am going to either find it or run my head into the wall trying to look for it. Yeah. Well, and you, like you said, you did the right thing. You did everything you could. And that's of ultimate importance there. Mm-hmm. So. so that is the story of my 2021 Ohio buck. Yes. Yes. And now it's on to Kentucky. Yes. Uh, so my the Ohio buck is my largest archery buck to date. Is it really? Yes. Chris, what, did, what did it raw score? Chris and I taped it out. Now, we're not professional scorers, but we can we come pretty close. 147. Nice. Yes. You'll be able to tape it out next year at the Mobile Hunters Expo. Oh, yeah. Early plug, guys. Early plug. For we the are Mobile doing Hunters a second Expo. one next year. Yes. Uh, we, we're in the works of getting things secured for that. So uh, be prepared before uh, bow season next year in Kentucky. Hopefully a little bit earlier uh, next year. Yeah. I, yeah I, we're I still like, working on the date, but yeah. it'll be earlier. But hopefully. A much uh, more advanced notice. What what's is it? Will and uh, Toby is that their names? Yeah, yeah. Buckmaster scores. Buckmaster scores. Uh-huh. Hopefully they'll be back there. And uh, if you guys are listening, we'd love to have you guys back to uh, score score deer for us again and score elk and anything else. Because I think a lot of people were really happy that they had that ability to do that. Yeah. yeah. So, well, man, yeah. Biggest buck to biggest archery buck to date. Yep. That's awesome. Um, and now it's on to Kentucky, where, um, as we're recording this. By the time this comes out, it will be gun season. Yes, pressure, <laughs> the pressure is on. The pressure is on. So, like I say that in the sense that there are th- this is just kind of like a general announcement for people who are going to come to Kentucky to hunt gun like cuz it's it's just, it just happens. Um check your eggs. Like, make sure you check your eggs. There are a lot of WMAs that do not allow modern gun. Yeah. They they will allow uh, archery only. They will allow a children's gun hunt or children's gun hunt, youth gun hunt. Make it sound like I'm giving four year olds <laughs> rifles. Youth gun, <laughs> um, but they don't allow uh, modern gun. So be be mindful of that as you're hunting and. Always, as always, you have to wear blaze orange during gun season or muzzleloader season in Kentucky. You have to do it. No exceptions. Hunter orange laws are different down here. It is, um, you cannot wear like, some guys will buy those like orange coats or like orange vests and they've got like the camo look to them. Yeah. You cannot use those. Like it has to be solid or one piece of solid orange. So many inches. And I believe in orange hat. So be aware of that if you're getting out this weekend and you're bow hunting. You better have a little bit of extra stuff on you, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, and stay warm too because it's 
This could be yeah, like a nice cold front coming through. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Perfect wind I've got over here, so it should be uh, southwest wind. Yes. So it's going to blow my scent completely away from where I'm at, and who knows, maybe a deer will walk in that field behind me like they did last time and <laughs> completely blow me out, even though I had perfect <laughs> wind that time, too. I can't. I can't lose for trying. Uh, I can't win for trying. Um, oh, well, though. But, you know, it's still... I say this every year. I get, like, nervous that I'm not going to shoot a deer. And then, like, I think I posted a picture of it today. I shot a deer. I shot uh, my biggest Ohio mm-hmm. archery buck this date three years ago. And uh, that was after my wife threatened my life if I didn't come home with something. <laughs> Um, I made a bad I made a bad shot on that deer, but it died. Like I hit the artery and it just bled out. Thank God. Um, shout out to Gravedigger Broadheads on that one. That was <laughs> man, they're Grim Reaper Broadheads, not Gravedigger. Chris is what he shot that doe with. It looked yeah, like he yeah. like the, the hit it with a, with a sniper fifty cal. Um, yeah. I, I I shot mine with a Grim Reaper, but um, it happened. Like people are saying the rut's not on. Rut, like it it. it the rut is not like three days out of the year and then it doesn't happen ever again. <laughs> and I think a lot of guys look at it that way. Yeah. Like it, it, it comes in, it goes out, like get out in the woods, just get out in the woods, especially this weekend. If you can in Kentucky or Ohio for that matter, uh, because Ohio, you are getting dangerously close to gun season there and gun season in Ohio, you get a week of it. And yep. everybody likes to hunt gun in Ohio. Yeah, that's Orange Army. Orange Army comes into everywhere that you can possibly everywhere. go and throw slugs or straight wall <laughs> cartridges all over the place. But that's okay. I think that that's that's kind of you know as growing up um, as someone who didn't bow hunt, I loved gun hunting. I I still love gun hunting. Like I I honestly wish I could gun hunt I, every property that I have, but I can't. I I need to shoot a deer with a gun. You haven't shot a deer with I've a gun. I've never shot a deer with a gun. It's so much fun. Like it 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 it's it it takes a lot out of the equation. <laughs> it takes so much out of the equation. It's like, oh man, I can just like put the scope behind the back shoulder and like that deer's gonna go down. Uh <laughs> and man, it, it it's it makes it so much easier. Um, I don't even know. It's 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 not even the same as like a crossbow. Like to me, like crossbow, you can still screw it up. Yeah. Fairly badly. Oh yeah. Um, and with a gun, like the deer is gonna at least gonna die a shock or something along those lines. But man, so yeah, it, it's we're two weeks away from Thanksgiving, which uh, opening day for gun in Ohio is the Monday following, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it yeah. starts that Monday following and runs through that Sunday, and then you have late gun come in two weeks later. Yeah. But then in Kentucky. Gun finishes up uh, the weekend of Thanksgiving, but then you have muzzleloader for a week mid-December, which is, like, if you get snow, like, it's just the best thing ever. Like, probably won't get snow because it's going to rain. It's just going to keep raining. It rained last year. I hunted hunted, um, late muzzleloader last year, and it rained both days I I hunted. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Just like this, this let's, cannot let's be real hope life. Hope for snow. <laughs> hope for snow and hope for cold. I, yes. I, uh, I, I think that that's part of the issue. Is we've not gotten any like good, like we've got like a thirty-two, 
we haven't gotten like a like a butt kicking like twenty three degree overnight temp yet, and I think we need one of those to get those deer up and We're moving get a little close. bit better. Uh, it's gonna hit twenty nine this weekend. Yeah. So, gonna fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So, all right. Uh, concluder. Hmm. Concluder. I'll just go along the lines of what you said. Right. If if it hasn't happened for you yet, don't get don't get discouraged. Get out in the woods. At this time of the year, it can literally happen in seconds. You can go from, oh, I'm not seeing anything, deer are locked down, there's no movement, and then, bam, next thing you know, you have a nice buck in front of you. Yep. Um, so just keep after it. Keep your head up. Stay to the grind. You'll you'll have a good season. Yeah. I always encourage people, and this is the thing that I always go back to that I meant to say earlier, I will go and look at my harvest dates on deer, and it puts everything back into perspective for me. I was like... Oh, yeah, like, you don't normally shoot a buck until, like, the 15th of November. And two of my past years, I've not shot bucks until Thanksgiving morning. So, like, it 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 can happen. And those bucks, like, once, once they start breaking away from those does, they start being bucks again. Yep. And they start, you know, you're not going to have all the cool chasing and grunting and that <laughs> kind of stuff, but it's like... I'd much rather have a dumb buck wander in front of me sometimes, but when a regular buck walks in front of me and is doing buck things, I think that that's just that much cooler. So my concluder, um, as always, if you have the ability to take somebody out in the woods, there's going to be a lot of opportunities coming up here soon. Um, second thing is if you're not looking for brown stuff in the fields, uh, small game is in. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of small game uh, stuff is getting ready to come in. Uh, in Kentucky, rabbit comes back in. Do remember, this is an important thing. Um, squirrel goes out in Kentucky during gun, at least for the first weekend. Hmm. So don't be wandering through the squirrel woods with the twenty two or a shotgun and, you know, get a ticket because you are using the wrong thing when you say, oh, I'm hunting deer. No, you're not. <laughs> you're hunting squirrel and you forgot. So, like, just be mindful of the regs. And it's same in Ohio. Uh, Upland Bird's in, I believe. Pheasant, I think Pheasant's in, right? Uh, if it's not in, it's pretty soon. It's pretty soon if it's not. I think Derek Zexer, who was on the podcast, oh, went. <clears throat> yeah, I saw him post something about birds. Yeah, so he, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure uh, Woodcock, I know, is in, uh, and I believe pheasant may have just come in. So get out there if you can and uh, hunt birds and plan your small game hunts uh, for Thanksgiving morning because that's always a good way to get family together and oh, yeah. have a good time. So this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. We've been I've been your host, Rick Cates. Uh, we've Josh has been a semi-host for the 50 millionth <laughs> time uh, and has joined us tonight on the podcast to tell us a story about his deer. Guys, have a great weekend and good luck to you. Talk to you later. Bye. See you. And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, Castbox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. As always, we are available for contact at the elite outdoors one at gmail.com. That is the elite outdoors the number one at gmail.com. Thanks a lot guys. Talk to you next time.